I'm Rico. And I'm Jessica. And this is the Always the Critic podcast where a couple of friends review the latest movies, except we literally have zero qualifications to do so. Jessica, it's been a little bit since yeah. we've recorded an episode Yeah, we together. took another tiny hiatus because, yes. you know, stuff happens. We got a little busy. Last week we were at Disney. Yes, we were. Around this time. Yeah, we were having a good time at your uh, cast event. Yes. And then we just didn't get to record. Your schedule's crazy. My schedule's busy. And so here we are. And we're going to do actually something a little different. We haven't done this in a really long time. We're going to do a triple feature. Today. Yes. We yes. are doing a triple feature. <laughs> the last time we did this, I remember, you was... Do? Yes. It oh. was the last week before the pandemic started. Oh, shut up. Where we talked about... I remember one of the movies for sure. And that was The Way Back with Ben Affleck. That's right. There was two other movies, and I can't remember which movies they were, but you can always scroll back on your podcast feed and look for it. It's somewhere in March of 2020 is when we did a triple feature, <laughs> uh, and, but we're at it again. There are three movies that I think sh- we should talk about whether we like them or not, but yeah, they're, yeah. they're worth talking about at least. Uh, so uh, bes- Besides that, everything going good on your end, Jessica? Yeah, so what happened was we got another HelloFresh box. And this week we got these shrimp. Um, on It's like cooked shrimp on a hoagie roll. It's like a buttered roll mm. with like slaw and potatoes yeah. and stuff. And it's so good. And it's one of our favorite meals. And I'm so excited because it's my birthday week. And so I'm like, yes, I got my favorite like HelloFresh meal the week of my birthday or whatever. And it's yes. rare that like they repeat a meal. So, right, it's exciting. That is <laughs> awesome. You know what? If uh, HelloFresh, if you're listening, uh, yeah, no sponsor sponsors the show. already because I fucking sponsor love the it. Show. Yes, <laughs> yeah, we already have up, a loyal customer right here. <laughs> All right. So, if this is your first time listening, go ahead and subscribe to your favorite podcast app. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and many more. If you do like us, go ahead and give us a review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Five stars goes a long way for us. Come and check us out on social media to stay up to date on our latest episodes and reviews. You can find us on the Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at AlwaysCriticPod. And if you're a fan, please, please consider becoming a patron. It's a great way for you to get involved and show your support. You can check out the page on patreon.com slash AlwaysCriticPod. And great shout out to our, I should say quick shout out, but I wanted to say great because I was thinking great in my head because I'm so It's going to be a great quick shout out. Yes, great quick shout out to our patrons, Janet and Curtis. Love you guys. Thank you so much for being supportive of this show and all of of our endeavors here at Always the Critic. Yep. All right. So today, three movies. Yes. Uh, Two of them are streaming releases. One of them is a movie theater release. Uh, We're going to go in order from when they were released. So we're going to start with a Netflix film. We are starting with The Gray Man. Uh, Jessica, let us know what The Gray Man's about. IMDb synopsis reads, when the CIA's most skilled operative, whose true identity is known to none, accidentally uncovers dark agency secrets, a psychopathic former colleague puts a bounty on his head, setting off a global manhunt by international assassins. This movie is directed by the Russo brothers, Anthony and Joe Russo. You'll know them from directing MCU material, Infinity War, Avengers Endgame, Captain America series, uh, The Winter Soldier, Civil War. Uh, that's what they're known for. They also had their bones in TV from Community. So they they do have a lot of directing credits. Um, they were producers on Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. And they also were 
responsible for the other Netflix film, Extraction, with Mm -hmm. the other Chris, that is Chris Hemsworth. (laughs) All right, so the movie. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Two Chris's, okay. Yep, it's coming. I didn't connect those dots, but. Yeah, part two's coming. Uh, (laughs) So it's written by Joe Russo alongside Christopher Marcus, Stephen McFeely, and based on the book by Mark Greeny. Who does this movie star, Jessica? It stars Ryan Gosling, Chris Evans, Ana de Armas, Billy Bob Thornton, and Regé Jean Page. Yep. Page? Yep. Sorry. Regé yes. Jean Page. There he is. Uh, you'll probably recognize him from Bridgerton, Bridgerton. another Netflix. Um, yes, Shondaland. Yes, from Shondaland. Now, this movie, like I mentioned, it's from Netflix, but it did release in some theaters. Yeah. Uh, so it did have at least some countries. money. Yeah, a few countries, 450K pretty much around the world. Uh, But Netflix did report that the film was streamed for a total of 88.5 million hours over its first three days, which would equal around 43.5 million viewers. Whoa. That's a lot of viewers. It was the most watched film in 84 countries. Uh, That's a lot of numbers that Netflix is just throwing at us. uh, (laughs) Yeah. Because I don't know. What that's supposed to mean. I don't know if they watched mm. it for the entire thing. Did they just turn it on for a few minutes? True, true. So, yeah, sure. It was, you know, streamed mm. by that many people. But how how many people watched the entire thing? I think right, is the better right. question. Uh, Jessica, critics, did they like this movie? Rotten Tomatoes score is 46%. That's going to be a no. No. But the audience score is a 94%. So audiences really loved it. The critics' consensus reads, The Gray Man has the star-studded outline of an entertaining action thriller, but it's filled in with lukewarm leftovers from far better films. Oh, they are right about that. (laughs) Okay. All right, let's jump in. Let's Uh, do it. Okay. So for The Gray Man, I wanted to say that I went in with an open mind Try wanting to give this movie a fair shot. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's a very good movie. It's at best okay, right? And that is not what you want from like a ten pole movie. Mm-hmm. Like this is supposed to be like a big deal for Netflix to have, right? To have a movie that was made by the same directors as one of the biggest movies of all time in Endgame. You have some of the biggest stars in Hollywood now: Gosling, Evans, De Armas, and it's a dud. It is it's exactly what that critics consensus is, because if you're looking for a movie that is you don't really know his origins, you can look at something like John Wick or or Born Identity. Same thing with action sequences like you want good action sequences. Go watch a Mission Impossible movie Mm. um, or even a Bond movie like this movie is a mashup of all these different things Mm -hmm. and doesn't do any of them well. Yeah, I would agree. I think the CGI looks awful. Yes. Oh my God, does it look awful? Yeah. I the uh, Skyfall sequence. Yeah. The, or the not Skyfall. Skyfall. The fake Skyfall sequence. <laughs> no, delete Skyfall. I meant to say skydiving sequence yeah. or, fall, or falling, control falling, whatever. Oof. Yo, it was what terrible. was that? Awful. That was, that was really bad. I was literally confused, and then yeah. I turned to my sister and was like, "It's bad, right? Like I'm not just thinking." That it's bad and it's not bad. And she was like, no, no, this is shit. And I said, I thought that these, uh, you know, sky sequence in Black Widow was bad. At least that one's coherent. That one's coherent and actually it's passable compared to this one. It's 
really trashy. Um, Best part Evans. about the movie, though. Best part about the movie, though, is Chris Evans. Yes. 110%. He's definitely in a different movie than everyone else, but exactly. he's he is the best the part of that movie. No, no. I love him. Yes. He's <laughs> the best part about it. Yeah. I, I think the movie sometimes tries to be a little too funny. Like, okay. Like, you could tell that this is supposed to be like a serious espionage espionage movie but like both gosling and evans are just like kind of like jokey jokey like one-liners i can top your one-liner type mm-hmm. of thing and so like the tone just doesn't mesh well with like the actual seriousness of the movie that it's trying mm-hmm. to go for what okay. i'm um like i don't understand why they have the julia butters character the girl in the in i don't get that part like why did they have to write this into the movie? And mm-hmm. on top of that, not only does she get kidnapped, she has a heart condition on top of that. Yeah. Like, like <laughs> I don't get why it was necessary to just have this character. Yeah. Like, you could have made an espionage movie. I mean, Man she with is no the name. MacGuffin, I guess. That's what it feels like. But, like, you could have made the MacGuffin. No. Well, no, she's not the MacGuffin. She's not the only MacGuffin. There's right, another yeah. MacGuffin. Yeah. There's a USB drive. At the, you know, that's in a medallion. Mm-hmm. We don't really know what it's carrying. It's just like a bunch of gibberish. Like, just like, oh, that CIA guy that's played by Roger Jean Paul or Roger Jean Page. It's, yes. Is a bad guy. Or he yeah, has yeah. connections to other bad he's people. Doing under the table deals. Yeah. And it's evidence of his wrongdoing. And it's just like, eh. I would rather it been like a Mission Impossible, like Doc List. <laughs> <laughs> to yeah. be quite honest with yeah. you, like it, it just pulled from something else. Right. Because that was a little bit weak. You're telling me that there's no oversight on the part of this character, Carmichael. He can just get away with all this shit. And <laughs> yeah. And so this one USB drive is the one thing that's going to take him down. Like this is what's going to take him down. And then uh, like Jessica Henwick is just a thankless role. Yeah. Like always getting like crapped on throughout. She the deserves thing. better, I think. Yeah. I think so, too. Uh, you could tell that they filmed her scenes in, like, different sequences because, like, at one point she has, like, like the actual hairstyle done. And then there's other points where you could tell it's a wig. Um, oh, no. Yeah. It was obvious, too, for oh, me. I was no. just like. But you're, you're like, here. inordinately good at telling, like, when things are patched together in that way. That's true. You, I think it's one of those things where they probably had to do reshoots. She had cut her hair and everything for Matrix. Um, why am I blanking? The, 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 the new, the I know what one. you're talking about. Yes. Uh, she had her hairstyle like very, very specific for that movie. So I wouldn't be surprised if they did reshoots after that to like compliment. Um, but I'm not even I'm not even going to fault it for that part. But I am going to fault it for just kind of a lazy plot. It's boring. Yeah. Like for mar- most of the movie. Like, I was bored. Like, we were on our phones. Like, it wasn't. Yeah. No. I, there was no sense of, like, commitment. Like, I need to really pay attention to this. No. No. No no commitment at all. And Even Ryan Gosling kind of feels, like, bland. And I think that a lot of people in the film community love his performance in Drive, in that movie in general. And that's also, like, a kick-ass kind of movie, like, One Man Against the World. And... Like he didn't even bring that sort of like charisma to to this role. No. no, this definitely feels a lot more like I'm just going around the world in different places. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm just going to have a good time. I'm just going to say a couple one-liners, uh, have a little bit of action, and mm. call it a day. Paycheck yeah. movie. Pure yeah. paycheck movie. Yep. And... Yeah. I, you know what would make this movie better is if they did like a stupid ass tie in with like the fast franchise and Chris Evans is like a bad guy in the in the fast franchise for like mm, the next movie or something. Yeah. And then it's like all intertwined. Yeah, dude, that would be insane. Like he was clown. He was a clown. In he was this a clown. Movie. It was like fantastic. he belonged in the fast franchise. Yes, you know, he belonged in the fast franchise. Yeah, you're totally right about that. Because if you see what Charlize Theron is doing over there, yeah, yeah, it is like very like over the top, hammy like stuff, but it works over there. In here, it just doesn't fit the the movie that they're trying to make. I don't mm-hmm. think. Um, speaking of Fast and Furious, like they they're like doing filming. Momoa and Brie Larson are like oh my in there now too. So Brie Larson is an Oscar winner. Yeah, she is an more Oscar, Oscar winner. winners added to the stupid franchise. Look, I'm not a fan of like from Fast maybe seven or eight like onward. I do not like it. Of course, no. I, but I'm right there with you. It's entertaining as hell. Yeah, it is. It's, it's stupid. Stupid, but it's entertaining. And if this movie would have leaned more into into that, that mm-hmm. you could give it a pass. Like you can say, oh, it's just like a really fun, dumb action movie that <laughs> has a lot of laughs, and but it doesn't really get there. It right. doesn't get there in any way. Uh, do you have any other thoughts or did you want to share something like in spoiler? There's one thing that I will say that I don't that I wouldn't say. I we kind of spoiled like. it a little bit already. We kind of did. Um, but there's one thing that I <laughs> just kept driving me crazy is the the drone shots in that movie. Oh, my God. The way they I would just zoom those. around. It was these wild swinging shots around the place. Yeah. And it. It looked like they were trying to go for like a video game sort of like shot. Yeah. It was and terrible. It was I hated always that. to introduce a new place mm-hmm. and they would mm-hmm. like come in at these weird angles. Yes. And like it just, un- inhuman angles. Yeah. I'm just like, why are you doing just give why, us a helicopter shot? It. I know. You want to introduce a city? Just do a helicopter I shot. It. You know? I hate it. I don't know. It, it was, yeah, the movie's something. It was a swing and a miss. It's a swing and a miss. So those are our thoughts from The Gray Man. If you had to give it a letter grade, what would you give the letter grade to The Gray Man? Well, C minus. Well, maybe D plus. D plus. Yeah, I was yeah. sitting at a C minus myself. Yeah, I thought C minus, and then I was yeah. like, nope, D no, plus. No, no, D plus. <laughs> All right, so with that, let's go to another action movie. This time, theaters. You know, we are looking at a movie that was released in theaters, and that is Bullet Train. Jessica, let us know about Bullet Train. The IMDb synopsis reads, Five assassins aboard a fast-moving bullet train find out their missions have something in common. This movie is directed by David Leach. He was a producer for the John Wick series, or probably still is. John Wick 4 coming out next year. So excited. Uh, Also, Atomic Blonde, Deadpool 2, Hobbs and Shaw. He mm-hmm. is the man responsible for those. The movie is written by Zach Okowitz. And then it was a, based on a book by Kotaro Isaka. Mm-hmm. Um, and who does it star? Um, yeah, like it starts everybody. So it stars Brad Pitt, Joey King, 
Aaron Taylor Johnson, Brian Tyree Henry, Andrew Koji, Hiroyuki Sanada, Michael Shannon, Sandra Bullock, Bab Bunny, Benito himself, Logan Lerman, and Zazie Beats. This is a stacked cast. Stacked. This movie made a hundred or has made $114 million worldwide, 54 of that being domestically here in the US. And how did it fare with critics? So critics can uh score is 54% right now mm. on Rotten Tomatoes, but the audience score, just like The Gray Man, is much higher at 77%. Not up in the 90s like right. Gray, like Gray Man. But the critics critics consensus reads bullet trains colorful cast and high-speed action are almost enough to keep things going after the story runs out of track the puns the The puns puns in these critics consensus there's something all right so just so you're aware if you're listening we're gonna go ahead we're gonna spoil uh the movie here yeah let's do it bullet train um i found this to be a fun movie i think that i was waiting for it to kind of like really get going because it kind of starts off a little slow. Like you don't know the tone of the movie right away. Mm, yeah, like, I, would, I would agree. There's moments where you feel like it's like supposed to be funny. And then there's like horrific scenes like from Bad Bunny's <laughs> character's wedding. Like oh, yeah. that everybody's like puking up blood and stuff. So like you're just like, I can't tell what the tone of the movie is. But then it like finally settles in. Yes. It settles in. Oh, this is just a fun, gory uh, action movie yeah you know, i would say that it has like very it's very stylized the gore reminded me a lot of a quentin tarantino movie mm-hmm. and i would say that the the way that they have fashioned the characters and the assassins in this movie also reminded me of like the kill bill franchise where oh, we're just going yeah. off of code names and we don't know anybody's real identity and it doesn't really matter like who these people are we're just seeing them as this one small context and I do like the concept of like a moving train and it seems like that's the way they keep the momentum going is that they're just like walking back and forth on the train. Yes. <laughs> and like stuff's happening in between the cars. And I just, I think that this movie is not for everybody. I was surprised that when my parents saw it, they were like, we really liked Bullet Train. And my sister came back just today after seeing it in theaters and was like, I really liked Bullet Train. And I think you can't go, it's not very serious. It doesn't take itself serious at all. No, it doesn't. Um, Like the movie is like very self-referential. Yes. It's very aware of itself. Like Mm -hmm. it knows that it's supposed to be a fun movie. Like all the dialogue just seems like it was made for people to just, have fun with it mm-hmm. and be able to laugh at what they're talking about. Like mm-hmm. the entire conversation about Thomas, the tank engine. Like, oh my God. Yeah. That with being lemon. a running thread throughout. Yeah. Lemon and oh. Tangerine, I feel like had the most lines. Oh yeah, they did. And I know. Versus Ladybug, uh, Brad Pitt's character. Right. Or even, you know, Logan Lerman, who I thought was going to play a much bigger role than he did. Not even close. <laughs> uh, uh, lots of, Lots of characters, multicultural cla- uh, cast, and I really like that about the movie, that it's bringing together all facets of Hollywood. <laughs> yes, from everywhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, the bad bunny of it all. Yeah, yeah. I, Let's talk about I really, Benito. So I really enjoy that like backstory of his. Yeah. I think like that right there. He was like, the bride. Yes, he was the bride. This, if you're movie. talking about Kill Bill. Um 
I think that like if you were to like make a spinoff, like you oh my could god, you could one hundred percent make a spinoff. Of and I think the you wolf. can you can make a spinoff of the wolf, and you can even make a spinoff of uh, Lemon and Tangerine as well. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, just or because, a show. Yeah, or a show, just like showing their escapades running yeah. around. Uh, like for I think like a very very interesting and funny way that they approach certain things can best be shown in the scene where they're counting in their head how many people did we kill on that job Mm -hmm. and they're like (laughs) arguing 16 and 17 and so then as they're showing all the kills that like they the characters are saying the number that's 12 and just like all this (laughs) stuff and then finally it's like that's only 16 ah but you forgot about the innocent bystander who came by Mm -hmm. and then the Mm -hmm. car blows up and that's 17 i think my qualm with the movie is that it feels like a guy Ritchie movie and i don't like guy Ritchie. oh oh yeah you don't like guy Ritchie. i That's don't like true. guy Ritchie movies so in that sense the dialogue felt like a guy Ritchie movie where it's just like they're chewing on on words like the whole time you know especially yeah. the tangerine and lemon stuff yeah, they they like were the definitely... characters love to hear this, themselves talk, and yes, that's, they do. A lot of Guy Ritchie movies are like that. Uh, also, like the whole Brad Pitt talking to his handler the entire time, pretty yeah, much yeah. on the phone. Like the conversations that they're having is just like a lot of just like <laughs> I'm in therapy, and it's like I can't believe this happens to me, and just a lot of just he feels unlucky. <laughs> yeah, he feels unlucky, but a lot of again character who likes to hear themselves talk. Yeah. And they're just continuing a conversation that's not being continued by anyone else. Yeah. You know, um, Joey King. Uh, fine. She was fine. Fine. I mean, no complaints. That character has a late reveal that doesn't. Uh, I don't know. It doesn't feel like. So here's the thing. Anywhere. My theater, a couple of people were like, oh, like when the reveal happened that she was um, White Death's daughter. Right. But I feel like it was telegraphed. And the people sitting ne- directly next to me were like, of course. Like, <laughs> they literally yeah. were like, yeah. <laughs> it made sense. That's the daughter. Yeah. Because after all this, like, why would she have this crazy vendetta against white death? Yeah. It makes sense. Yeah. Uh, one thing I do not like about the movie is oh, that it. it handholds the audience. Yes. 100%. Way too much. 100%. Every, anytime they make a reference for something from the past. They show it to you mm-hmm, mm-hmm. just in case you forgot who we're talking about. So Ten like, minutes ago, who we, t- who we were talking about. Yeah, like when we're talking about the lone wolf, the wolf, like they have to show you the, the scene at the wedding. Again. You know? <laughs> Again, you know, or if they're talking about a prior Bolivia job, they have to go back to showing Lemon and Tangerine finishing the Bolivia job. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's, it's so annoying seeing that. Or when they talk about white death, they show the... The, the sequence multiple times multiple times in the movie like just in case you forgot who we're talking about here's mm-hmm. the guy we're talking about we're gonna show you again in 10 minutes when we sit mention his name again <laughs> right yeah so that's the thing wow, that bothered we, me. we felt the same exact way about that um one thing that i didn't like was that they showed michael shannon in the trailer they shouldn't have shown michael shannon in no the he should not have been shown he should not have been in any trailers because i feel like that's a pretty good reveal when they open the train doors at the last stop and boom, it's Michael Shannon. He's white death. Yeah. It should have like been. That would have been good. A, a yeah. save. Mm-hmm. This movie, the marketing was very bad. Oh, you didn't like the marketing. Okay. I think the, mar- the marketing gave away way too much. I, I would agree. If you watch 
even the first trailer is still like a little bit. But if if you happen to catch the second trailer, which they were showing in theaters, they were giving away everything. Like they, mm-hmm. there is the moment where you see Logan Lerman like with the with the eyes, bloody eyes, yeah, yeah. So like it's like you oh, got that. Oh, Ler- Logan Lerman. I didn't even know he was in the movie, and then I saw the trailer and I was just like, oh, Logan Lerman. Oh, I they, guess you don't they make kill it. him <laughs> in the movie. Yeah. So like the surprises aren't really there and also there's this anticipation because if you do watch trailers which i'm trying to watch less of them but Mm. if you do watch trailers your mind is like this sequence hasn't happened yet so i Mm -hmm. know we're not anywhere close to this being finished or anything oh, true. Like you can mark time a little bit by what they've shown in the trailer. Exactly. And if you're like, okay, we're ha- now we're into this movie and this hasn't happened. Okay, we got this much left. You can you can math it. Yeah, you bit. can math it in in your head because trailers give away so much now that you can mm. kind of almost like map out the movie. Like, okay, this looks like it's from early in the movie. This looks mm-hmm. like it's somewhere in the middle, and these brief sequences will be in the third act. Mm-hmm. That's a problem. I think that marketing movies have nowadays. I mm-hmm. I think the the choices of song in the trailer are good and mm-hmm. and the sequences they show. Exactly. <laughs> the Japanese version of Staying Alive. Yes. <laughs> but again, I it's just I think they give away too much. Yeah, I would um, This movie, I don't know if I would watch it again, but I feel like it will become a cult classic. I think so too. I think so too. Mm-hmm. Um, I was listening to who was I listening to? There was another podcast that was talking about like the the host didn't really like it, but they can understand if this were to become a cult classic, kind of in line like um, uh, Tango and Cash. Like okay, if you catch it at the right time, you know if it's introduced to you at the right age, like you can easily fall for it. You know mm-hmm. it, it could be such a fun ride, but. If you're someone who's watched a lot of movies, you can kind of see like uh, the references, hear the references and and stuff like that. And okay, a case with something in it. There's a MacGuffin, you know. Yeah. Uh, One thing I will say, I did see this on a on a TikTok was um, that somebody was saying, you know, the the 2022 mustache (laughs) Oscars we all thought was wrapped (gasps) up. We oh my god! Miles Teller had it yes. in the bank, and yes, then all my, of a sudden, oh my god. Aaron Taylor Johnson comes, comes around through like a fucking freight train with that stash, the yeah. fitted suit, the three piece suit. Oh my god! And now we so got good. ourselves a war for best mustache <laughs> of 2022. Bro, I literally, I want to say like an hour ago, I had this conversation with my sister because she came back from the theater and was like, I said. I initiated it because I said, how, why does Aaron Taylor Johnson look so good? Like for what? He's stunning in this movie. He's so attractive. And she goes, the stash, the stash. <laughs> and she was talking exactly about the Miles Teller and the Aaron Taylor Johnson stashes and how all of a sudden she's like, the stash is back. <laughs> the stash is back, my mm-hmm. friends. For those who are daring enough to try it, it is back for yeah. sure. Uh, <laughs> anything else you got on? What do you think of Brian you? Terry Henry's accent? Oh, the uh, I don't know why it's necessary. I'm not sure why it was necessary either. I think because they wanted to place them as like either stepbrothers or adopted brothers, whatever, found family, and they both grew up 
in the UK. So and then Aaron Taylor Johnson, that's his natural accent. I guess they wanted to like tie it together in that way. Yeah, like I get why they wanted to tie it, but they could have both been American. Oh, what? I I thought you were thinking that they could one could be British and the other one could be American. No, like you don't even need to. They just both need to be American. Like they could both be if if they grew up together, right? Like they're you know adoptive brothers or whatever the case. You can just make it that they're both American. Or you okay. can make it one is British, one's American. You don't I'm... have to like they you know, they grew up together, so they have to have the same you accent. You surprised me with your answer, to be quite honest with you, because I thought you were gonna be like, It's fine. I didn't think anything of his accent. And just, then you're like, Well, they could both be American. What I just don't know why <laughs> I guess the reason what what's the reason for them to be British is the question. You know? Mm. Especially when they're both American actors. Well, hold on. Aaron no, Taylor no, no. Johnson. Brian Tyree Henry is American. Aaron Taylor Johnson is not. Yeah, you're right. So, I mean, you could have easily just had fun with it and be like, oh, my adopted, you know, American brother. You know. Okay, and, true. It could have been a more com- comedic. Yeah, if you're going to go if comedy. If they were not. Yeah, yeah. Like, you okay. could really lean into it. Like, you can even make a joke of that. It's like, you guys don't even sound the same. And, like, yeah, just have a, an entire joke with that. So, yeah. like, little things like that. I think um, Logan Lerman had a Russian accent? What was his accent? He was trying to do Russian. It was He was trying to do Russian, right? Right. Because but Joey in, King didn't have a Russian accent. No, she, she had a British accent. British, yeah. But she was hiding okay, the fact that she was the them. daughter of the white death. Yeah, but even when she Revealed. didn't need to hide her identity anymore, I think she was still British, right? Towards the end of the movie? Yeah, when she the train was. crash happens and all the... You're right. She was. She's confronting her dad and she is speaking a, a bunch of different languages in the movie, but... Yeah. Whatever. Overall, fun movie. Probably not going to revisit it. Um, I was hoping for a little bit more, but you know. Still, Thank God they got Sandy at the end of the movie. Yeah, they they did get her at the end of the movie. Oh man. Yeah, I was wondering when the reveal was going to happen, like when they were going to show her. Yeah, because she's she's basically the Charlie of Charlie's Angels. Yeah, <laughs> but it's Brad Pitt <laughs> instead of the angels. Exactly. All right, so if you give this movie a grade, what are you giving it? Uh, a B minus. Yeah, I... Maybe C plus. Yeah, I was thinking it, C plus for me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, just... the same. Yeah. yeah. All right, so that leaves us with one final movie, and that is Prey. Yeah. Jessica, let us know about Prey. Okay, the IMTV synopsis reads the origin story of the Predator in the world of the Comanche Nation 300 years ago. Naru, a skilled warrior, fights to protect her tribe against one of the first highly evolved Predators to land on Earth. Now, this movie is directed by Dan Trachtenberg. Uh, You may know him from directing 10 Cloverfield Lane. Uh, that's actually a really good movie, by the way. That's the one of the better Cloverfield movies, right? Oh, for Did sure. Did we watch that one together? Maybe. with uh, It was with Goodman and... Uh, Mary yes. Elizabeth Winstead. Yes. Uh, but yeah. Dude, but I can't remember his name. I can't remember. That was a really good movie. Yeah. And he's also had other uh, credits like uh, the first episode of Black Mirror and also the first episode of The Boys, which is a show on Amazon Prime. Uh, the movie is written by uh, Patrick Ason. Uh, he also did the story, uh, story by Dan Trachtenberg. And it's based on characters by Jim Thomas and John Thomas. All right. Who does it star? Okay, it stars Amber Midthunder as Nadu, Dakota Beavers as Tabe, and Dane DeLiegro as Predator. (laughs) 
There man we go. in the suit. The man in the suit. Of course, uh, there's more cast, but I think those are the main. Yeah, these are three. your yeah. characters that you're following the most. Mm-hmm. So in terms of box office, this movie was released on Hulu directly uh, from 20th Century Studios. The press release that they announced calls the film the number one premiere on Hulu to date, including all film and TV series debuts, as well as the most watched film premiere on Star Plus in Latin America and Disney Plus under the star banner in all the other territories based on hours watched in the first three days of its release. So that is now two movies that we talked about where it's the most watched movie in (laughs) their platform. Yeah, yeah. It's got Uh, super good stats. Super good stats. Again, these are stats that can kind of be gibberish because it's just like... No, yeah, because who's going to check them? Right. And how do we know it's the most watched? And it's just all word of mouth from them. Now, with that said, critics, how did they feel about this movie? The Rotten Tomato score on Prey is 93%. Yes, it is. Wow. And the audience score is just under that at 78%. The critics' consensus reads, The rare action thriller that spikes adrenaline without skimping on character development, Prey is a Predator prequel done right. So I didn't think that in the year 2022 we would be getting (laughs) a sequel to – or a prequel. A prequel sequel. Yeah, prequel sequel. Just another Predator movie. That would be good. Here's a funny thing. We have reviewed a Predator movie on this. Early. 2018, I think. Yes, we did. And not very good. Like Terrible. It was, yeah, it was, it was trash. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty trash. And here we are with another Predator movie. This, I believe, is the fifth in the Predator mm-hmm. franchise. Yeah. And overall, it's the I best think, one. It's yeah, the best it's one so there is. Good. It's so fucking good. It is what the so hell? good. How did how did this even happen? Is, I, I guess the question. I'm not sure. I haven't done a lot of research on like how this came about, but I'm glad they got like a no name director. They got um, a cinematographer that's pretty untested. Jeff Cutter. He knocked it out of the park. The movie's stunning, gorgeous, yes. the best shot Predator film period. And I love that you don't need to have watched any of the previous Predator movies to watch this movie. It's super friendly to the first time viewer. No uh, legacy characters at all. Barely any legacy dialogue. It's not fan service at all. And it feels very fresh, very new, and very respectful as well of the Comanche people and the indigenous here in America. Like, for some reason, I'm like, wow, this is a hole that I didn't need filled. Let's have more native stories. Like, Mm. please. Yes. Yes. It was stunning. Amazing. I love that they just... They seem to have done their homework here. They showed this culture, these people living their daily lives. And then all of a sudden this fantastical thing happens to them, right? How are they going to deal with it? What's this uh, protagonist going to do? How is she going to prove herself? Very common themes as well of not just survival, but also feeling, I think, left out and feeling, um, what's the word, untested in many ways. Mm Mm-hmm. And Amber Midthunder, amazing. I want to see more from her for sure. Yeah. Uh, what did you think of this? What did you think of this movie? Like, I, I feel like I'm just rambling. No, no. And it, no problem with rambling if you if you really enjoy the movie. I enjoyed this movie quite a bit. I I saw it earlier today. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, so I, I don't want to approach it like with too much recency bias. Okay. I saw it a couple of days ago. So, But even like that, I still think this is such a... 
a great movie because I love the way it takes its time with developing the character. Yeah. It shows the progression of uh, the character of Naru just learning because, you know, the, the whole concept is that she wants to go through her own it, an experience, a trial yeah. mm-hmm. that her village, her people have for basically like to initiate coming them. of age. Yeah. I guess. Almost like that's how I'm likening it. Yeah. To. But it's probably like a little more nuanced than that. Yeah, more nuanced <laughs> than that. But yeah, it's like you have to hunt and you mm-hmm. have to kill the thing you're hunting. Right. And it's part of an initiation. Right. And the brother says it's not not the the point is not to kill the thing and the point is to survive. Yeah. The point is to survive. And to come back. And to come back from it. Well, that's what the mother says. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, no, I thought the brother said that. It's fine. Whatever. Yeah, yeah. Somebody said it. <laughs> yeah. And so, but as you see, you see her skills developing as the movie goes on. So mm-hmm. um, I don't know. Becoming a what, formidable warrior. Exactly. There's gender bias in the yep. mix as well because really, and without much, uh, you know, overtly saying this in the script, but the ladies wake up hella early in the morning to go forage because they're gatherers and then the men get to sleep in and they get all the glory when they come back with kills and they come back with from hunting and stuff. That's exactly the basis of their community and she's going against the grain. All of the other women in the village were wearing like long skirts, long dresses or whatever. She was yeah. one of the only ones wearing pants like yep. the men do. Like yeah, it's, just like the men. Yeah, it was a very subtle way to show that she's different she wants something different she's striving towards what is a male a male ideal in her village yeah and but she wants the the recognition that she Mm. can do it yeah she people don't think she can do it people don't think she can do it people think that she is too weak Mm -hmm. and it's a common theme that they show throughout the movie it's like it doesn't see you as a threat yes and you. it's very calling back slightly to the very first Predator movie where there was that woman in their party and the Predator did nothing to her because he doesn't didn't consider her a threat. Didn't consider her a threat at all. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it just there's so many themes like you can run with that just that theme alone mm-hmm. and kind of like never underestimate your opponent is one way to go about it. Or if you want to take it as the the way men treat women mm. in terms right. of seeing them as inferior. I put that in quotations. Um, what in the battlefield or mm-hmm. hunting or just in in the structure of this community. Right. You know, they view them as less mm. or not as strong. Uh, you can t- take these ideas that this movie is definitely really hammering on throughout this film. And... I think it does a great job of showing you it and then exercising it, mm-hmm. exercising that. Yes, she is a formidable threat. Yes, she can and is just as strong as the men. She is even smarter than the men because she mm-hmm. is a tracker. She's a hunter herself. And, and she so, knows healing as well. She's yeah, a healer. She, she's a healer. She knows medicine. So she understands what needs to be done and then the progression of her learning about the predator predator yeah throughout like she starts realizing things like oh he can't see and you know 
when right. it doesn't view you as a threat, it won't attack you. And right. all if these your body's things. cold, it doesn't can't track you. And all exactly, it she learns it, and I'm glad that they show that she learns it because mm-hmm. I, I think a lot of people, even with the way the movie's laid out now, I've heard like complaints coming from misogynist places. No. Yeah, like, <laughs> oh, no way a woman would be able to do that. I mean, these other guys what? couldn't do it. Yeah, no, it's been, it's so stupid. It's stupid. Stupid arguments, really. Um, so that's the, o- that's the only thing I'll mention about that because this movie is actually really good. And <laughs> uh, it is, like, just a very good time. Like, you can still feel the threat of the Predator. When there was good tension throughout. Yeah. And the sequences where the Predator does go apeshit. It is very uh, graphic. And yes. In, in line with the rest of the franchise, and especially the first movie, where it's like a progression of the Predator. Like, what he's after. What he's after. You know, he starts after, what, uh, like a rattlesnake goes after a wolf. Then he meets the other natives in her party that come after her and starts, you know, zeroing in on them because they seem to be bullying her in that one sequence. And then he perceives them as a threat. And then boom, she had starts exactly. hitting the fan. And I really appreciate that. Like the escalation. Yes. You know, it escalates. I also appreciate that they didn't shy away from talking about um, not colonialism, but just um, the fact that there's white people in in nearby and that the they are yeah the Frenchmen, the French um, trappers, yep, who are literally like killing <laughs> entire herds of bison, and she's finding it at the same time as the predator is, and like you can kind of feel this building tension that they're gonna meet right she's gonna meet the the white people and the predator's also gonna face off against the white people and And i say white people just like you know like the frenchmen that are there yeah near the camp near the comanche camp so it's just like oh my god like all these things intersecting and you're just waiting for it to happen i love that had a she had a dog for some reason i'm just like yes just more (laughs) help out with the hunting that's a good dog that's a very good dog damn good dog very good good boy good boy Uh, yeah so where i think it's pretty easy to say it's at least number two in the predator franchise um at the very least did you say best i want to say that it's better than the first the first so if i'm not gonna say i grew up on the first predator movie Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of nostalgia mixed into my feelings about the Predator movie. And I have, you know, I have a place of honor in my heart for like action heroes like Stallone and Schwarzenegger and these movies that are like testosterone filled 80s movies. I'm just like, yeah, I'm here for it. <laughs> but if I watched it today and then I watched Prey, I'd probably think Prey was a better movie. Mm. Gotcha. So that's why I'm trying to take my own like bias out of it. I see what because you're saying. there's iconic things about the first movie, and of course they did use one singular line: "If it bleeds, we can kill it." Yeah. So that in was this movie. A good. Call that was the only there. callback to the first movie, but you know, get to the chopper and all these things, and you know, the crew that he takes into the jungle. It's like these are like things that I love about the first movie, but in all seriousness it's probably not it's either on par or a little less than prey 
Yeah. How are you feeling about it? I think it's easily, easily the second best, mm. without a doubt. And then it is tough to say it's better than the original. I think <laughs> over time, maybe you can. Maybe you is can it say better? It. Is it better shot? Yes. Yes. Is it a more inclusive story? Absolutely. Yes. Is it fit for basically everybody and isn't just considered like a male dominated movie? Yeah. Yes. Like it's hitting some better points as well. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. It's, <laughs> yeah. It, I'm struggling with it, but I think that. It's it's a great movie. Let's just I, I'm just <laughs> gonna leave it there. You're very hesitant to say it's better than the first Predator. I'm just movie. gonna leave it there. That it is. It's a great movie, and I think that yeah, it's, it's a great. I movie. mean, other than the CGI kind of being lacking in a sometimes few places, it was yeah for sure. Which I don't think we should talk about CGI if we're comparing it to Predator because <laughs> Predator is an '80s movie and it's also very dated as far as effects go, but. I think where they needed to have the effects right, they did have it right. And that's in the Predator itself. The actual like man in the suit looked amazing, looked right. And I think it was scary. <laughs> like ultimately you're supposed to be scared of this thing. And it delivers on that, even though yes. we've seen this thing a million times. Yes, I agree. I really enjoyed this movie and I would recommend it to first off anyone who enjoys Predator, number one. But I would also give it to anyone who is a fan of just like survival movies. Yeah, or sci-fi movies. Or even sci-fi. Uh, yeah, I think this movie is just very well done and surprising with how, mm -hmm. how good it is. And again, the performances are good, especially uh, from our lead actress, uh, Mrs. Amber Mid-Thunder. So, yeah, I'm really excited to see what else comes from her career. We'll mm -hmm. see if, if something else comes up. Yeah. So that is all three movies. Before we let go, uh, grade Prey. A minus? A minus, yeah. yeah. Um, probably giving it an A. Okay, there yeah. you go. Yeah, it's, nice. it's a very good movie. Wait, wait, wait. Okay. Do you think it's going to crack your like top ten for the year? Mm. If... If I'm doing it right now off the top of my head, it is right now higher, you know, amongst the top 10 of the year so far, but we still got a long way to go. So mm. I don't know if it'll make top 10, but oh my God, but again, you're it, brutal. I'm just saying it's, it's pretty high, <laughs> but like, there's a lot, especially like October, November, December. That's yeah, when some Oscar baits coming out. Heavy hitters come, come in. So We'll see. We'll see if it does. But right now where it stands, it's definitely higher up in the in my list of best movies of the year so far. So Hi, fair. All right. So we did it. We talked about we three it. different movies. Yeah, today. that was fun. That was a good time. And hopefully you guys enjoyed those movies. If you have seen them, if you haven't, check them out for yourselves. Let us know what you think about it. Uh, where can they check us out if they want to let us know what they think about the movie? Oh, my God. So just write us a review 
first of all. Five stars and a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And you can find us on all the socials at Always Critic Pod on TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, whatever you feel like. Just pop in a message over to us or comment on the posts. We'd love to chat with you guys. Like we're honestly like very ple- pleasantly surprised when people want to interact with us on the socials. So please do that if you feel inclined. Yes, please do. We get a lot of a kick out of being able to talk to you guys. We get a yeah. lot of a kick. Yeah, a lot of a kick. I was, I don't know what I was saying with that. Uh, but we do enjoy when you talk to us, so reach out to us. Uh, go ahead and subscribe on your favorite podcast app, so that way you can check out our new episodes when they drop. And if you've done all that and are a fan, go ahead and check out our Patreon page. It's patreon.com slash alwayscriticpod. There we are posting stuff. Right now, it is a lot of Daybok content. (laughs) Get it. Get in there. Uh, It is a lot of fun to listen to. These are shows that Jessica is checking out, letting us know whether she's going to continue watching them or not. Yes. Uh, Subtitle shows, Korean dramas, Chinese dramas, you name it. Whatever I'm watching outside of the regular Daybok here Rainbow season. I am putting my thoughts up on the Patreon. So please, if that is up your alley, definitely subscribe and become a patron. Yes, definitely do that. So not to mention you get all of our rambles because like sometimes we just go off the rails and we record it and it ends up on the Patreon. So you can be entertained even more. (laughs) Exactly. So definitely go out there. Be entertained. (laughs) Are you not entertained? Be thou entertained. (laughs) (laughs) so with that said uh this has been our episode i'm rico and i'm jessica and this has been the always a critic podcast (laughs) 